0: back to another episode of that's what people do i'm joined as ever by ryan how are you doing ryan hello hello i'm very good
1: thank you how are you
0: i'm good i always forget to introduce myself my name's james you probably don't know this even though we're on like 70 something episodes that's <laughs> who i am <laughs> yeah, yeah i never introduced myself if you don't know <laughs>
1: by now i don't know what you've been doing listening maybe you just, maybe people just skip uh like the first five minutes just get on with the episode
0: yeah, the first five minutes are usually just us going back over what we've just discussed off off air. Yeah. or well, one it thing I one, don't know. one
1: thing I wanted to quickly just have a rant about. Um in fact, yeah, cue the rant music.
0: Bloody hell, that's early.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not even a minute in. Uh rant music <laughs> incoming. Um South Essex where I live, didn't get any snow last week. It seems the entirety oh, really? it seems the entirety of the u k got covered in snow except for where I live, and I was so depressed we
0: had a lot of snow,
1: yeah, I saw some pictures. I've seen your snowman yeah built
0: I built two snowmen
1: oh, why had you got to rub it in I, I saw <laughs> that I live, not joking, I live thirty minutes away from East London, right, and I saw people that live in East London posting all over their social media of them building snowmans and doing snow angels in the meantime i could have stood outside and just there was nothing
0: it's because of all the heat off all the tanning beds that are constantly (laughs) on in essex (laughs) very good (laughs) no snow there different
1: climate different climate down here yeah i feel like it's like um it's, it, it's never been more accurate like Game of Thrones. Like, winter is coming, the entirety of Westeros is just like getting cold, and then King's Landing on the southeast coast, or like Dawn, even further down, it's just like there's a desert, it's like nice and summery yeah, still. Nothing touches it, nothing touches it at all. That's mm. how it felt being in the southeast. <laughs> so, yeah, that,
0: well, I loved it. That's my it rant. didn't last long though, it lasted a couple of days and then got quite warm very quickly and it all rained away
1: yeah man i never thought i'd be like be reminiscent over the beast of the east i want that back
0: oh no because i moved to london like a week before that hit and i was this is where we met at london dungeon working together Mm. and i got my first late because my train was stopping in every station for 10 minutes because the snow was that bad (laughs) and i was like do i argue with these people that they're giving me a bloody late warning like have you looked out the window yeah what What do you want me to do just get out and push the train oh
1: man on on that right i want to stay on that because this same company i obviously like i said before i have an hour i used to have an hour and a half commute into work every single day so i had to get a train at like just before eight o'clock in the morning it's not too dramatic i know but um but uh yeah so i used to have to walk to my train station it was obviously covered in snow the entirety of where i live in South East essex was just covered in snow um And uh, yeah, I got to the train station and there were no trains running at all. The station masters were like, yep, no, sorry, we've got no trains. The uh, the last train we had literally left about 20 minutes ago. And that was supposed to be the 6 a.m. train almost two hours late. So I was like, there's no way I'm getting to work today. And even if I do get into work, I'm going to be severely late bordering on nearly finished. So I was like, well, Mm. this is no point. So I rang up work and was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to come in. And then, and then the Spanish Inquisition just turned up and nobody expected that. (laughs) I got all the questions under the sun, like, okay, uh, what station are you going from? What time train were you supposed to be getting? What's the information being said? And I'm like, listen, I'm not just trying to get a snow day off here. Like, I actively did try to go to work. Stop trying to catch me out.
0: It gets to the point as well where you have to consider your health over the job. Like if I'm going to injure myself getting into work, I'm not going to go in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if the train had derailed and I'm like, I've still got to go to work? It'd be mm. like you know, in um, there's that uh, Will Smith film where he, where he was like, it's, it's an old film where him and his young son, and he's like, he's a poor oh, uh, pursuit of happiness, pursuit of happiness. And in the trailer, he gets like run over by some
0: bloke, and he's like, Are you okay? He's like, I got to go to mm. work. I'm not doing that. No, no. It's London as well, so the second there's even a little bit of snow, all the trains just grind to a halt. Exactly, exactly, and it's the like, the the city just ceases to exist. It's like,
1: all right, it's lucky for you that you get to spend almost a third of your, well no, three, two thirds of your bloody wage packet on your rent so that you can go to work still. But I'm not willing to do that.
0: No, no, yeah. I th- and I remember that one day where they were scrambling because they were like, oh my god, snow's hitting. And they were coming round like all the rooms because obviously it's really difficult explaining how the dungeons work to people that don't work there, but there's loads of different rooms. And the managers were coming round like, where do you live? What, what trains yeah. do you get? Because like one train service was like saying they were going to close. And they were like, go home, go home, go home. Yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? Bring back the Beast of the East. It was beast of the East. Love it. Talking of the East. Oh, nice. Let's head over there for this episode. Nice Segway. <laughs> we always find a nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, last week, if you remember, if you're traumatized, if you're still vomiting because of it, <laughs> we had potentially the most horrific episode we've ever had. <laughs> ever? Can
1: I can I quickly just jump in and so say I, I actually got told off, dear listeners, by my mum. <laughs> for that episode mm. my mum listens to every we did episode. put
0: disclaimers out but maybe we should have put a, a vi- like a verbal one at the start yeah
1: yeah my mum listens to every episode she's very supportive um and she says she's learned a lot about me since listening to this podcast and um <laughs> had, i got told off because uh we we weren't clear enough in the warnings beforehand uh as to how brutal it was and uh, my no. mum uh was not very kind about gertrude at all
0: <laughs> yeah maybe we should have um done a little more disclaimer but i did put it on explicit to be fair uh this episode it's your your own fault (laughs) mum (laughs) yeah i don't think it's anyone's fault no one could expect that so (laughs) this episode's a lot nicer it's not like nicely nice everyone's going around hugging it's just nice as in no one's getting tortured which i think is a step up yeah so uh we're gonna we're going back to space if you're briefly if you remember our episode on margaret hamilton that we did yeah yeah probably about a year and a half ago now
1: margaret she... hamilton we done in a london studio remember mm,
0: yeah crazy time that was mm. what july 2019 i want to say
1: july 2019
0: yeah yeah long time ago so uh she was instrumental in the space launch in america she wrote the codes and she was uh a woman who pioneered in engineering and was very respectable in her field, even though there was a lot of men around her telling her that she couldn't do it. So, mm. to to do on the flip side of that, obviously at this time there was the space race, and the space race, if you don't know, was the US and Russia, or the Soviet Union at the time, desperately trying to be the first nation to conquer space, to put people in space, to orbit the Earth, to fly, uh, put man on the moon, etc., etc. So... The Russians decided that they wanted to be the first nation to put a woman into space. And this is where, and I'm really sorry if you're a Russian, but there's a lot of Russian names in this, and I'm going to try my best, but you use a lot of consonants. Valentina <laughs> Tereshkova. I feel like I've got that one down. Sounds, uh, sounds accurate. The first woman in space. So that's who this episode is about. Valentina Tereshkova. And she was born Tereshkova. on March the 6th, 1937 in... Christ, here we go. Bolshoi Maslenikova. I'm oh, not saying sad. that again, but she it was a <laughs> it was a village that was in western Russia. That's all you need to know. And her yeah. mother and father were just general farm hands at the time. They lived on a plot of land. However, 1937, what's around the corner? WW2. So her father was tragically killed in World War Two, probably to do with the German invasion of Russia. And this happened mm. when she was two years old. So her mother was then left to raise her and her two siblings alone whilst holding down a job in the cotton industry. And then obviously when old enough, her brother got a job in a textile factory to help the family because yeah. Russia was in economic crisis at the time. So only having one person bringing bread to the table, uh, particularly being a woman who would struggle to find high-paying work just because of general sexism. Yeah. It would it would have been tough on the family. So, Valentina began school quite late by our standards. Reports vary, but I've found eight. She started at the age of eight. Uh, She later moved into her grandmother's home, where she worked as an apprentice in a tyre factory, and this was in 1954, so we've jumped a little bit. In 1955, she joined her mother and sister as a loom operator in a cotton mill, and whilst this was happening, she took courses that were taught through the mill and graduated from the Light Industry Tech School, and it was here that she became really fascinated with machinery. She was very hands-on.
1: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lab- labouring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She's very, I don't know if industrious is the right word.
1: Yeah, fair, I'll take that. I believe that to be right.
0: Uh, as she grew up, she was a very motivated young woman, opting to further her education through various courses, just off her own back, and she also began parachuting in her spare time, which, as you do, like... What? She <laughs> this, just that's became just back- like
1: a common thing that she could do.
0: Yeah, she uh, she did over 100 parachute jumps. Mo- m- way more than that, but yeah. And no it was the parachuting that would be a massive asset for her future. In yeah. 1959, Valentina made her first jump, and she later recalled that her mother had warned her, if you crash, don't come home. <laughs> Which to me, like, if you crash from a skydiving like accident, like I don't think you're going home anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nasty way to go uh, she became a keen amateur skydiver with a local club and decades later spoke of how she fell in love with it and she said it's not really falling you experience enormous pleasure from the sensation of your whole body it's marvellous mm. I'd love to go personally I really want to it's on my bucket list skydiving
1: oh I don't know I don't know uh, my sister wants to do it and um, uh, uh no Jen is going to be doing it with her mum at some point in April. Um, mm. uh, I keep being asked if I'd like to do it. and um, I, 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 The way I described it, I said, if you'd have asked me when I was 21, I'd do it tomorrow. Uh, mm. I'm now 27, and I'm, I'm just a bit, I'm a bit scared. Getting on a bit. So this <laughs> uh, is the thing.
0: To bring up Will Smith for the second time in this episode for some reason. Wow. I wonder <laughs> it's show. Weird. <laughs> I watched an interview with him once. And he said that, like, this works for all aspects of fear in life, but let's, like, attribute it to skydiving. He was on, in ho- on, on holiday with some friends, I want to say in Dubai, and they were like, let's go skydiving tomorrow. Let's do it. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then he spent the entire night before, like, sweating, couldn't sleep, feeling sick, and he was mm. really nervous about skydiving. And he was, like, bricking himself all the way up until he was on the plane, looking down, shitting himself. And then, but the second you jump, all that fear just washes away. And you realise yeah. that the only scary part of skydiving is the thought of it. Yeah. Not the actual event. Because I think the human beings like have a general idea that once you're falling out of a plane, you're very... I don't know, you're just okay with the logic that it can go wrong and you just enjoy it?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah, it, it's <clears throat> gone. Oh, well, that's it now. I'm dead. And so it just accepts it.
0: Mm, and I imagine the adrenaline just wouldn't let you feel fear.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
0: But that, so I think that's a lesson for life. I should if, do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I do. I think it's a lesson for life that the often the thought of doing something is far worse than actually doing it. Mm. I don't know who oh, needs okay. to hear that right now, but go and do that thing. Unless it's something awful, in which case, don't do that thing. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> yeah, someone being like, "I killed her because because James told me to do it." No, I robbed the bank. <laughs> yeah, only because do that thing fear if of it benefits it and... you and others. Don't do it if it harms yeah. people.
1: I was initially scared of of just going to the bank, but once I was in the bank, I was fine.
0: Mm, But nowadays, you can wear face masks in the bank, so do all you want. Oh, of course. No, don't do all you want. (laughs) So, Valentina. As she grew up, she was a very motivated young... I've already said this. (laughs) oh what my life
1: we have this so often i find it one of the hardest (laughs) things that we do that maybe sort of flies under the radar as podcasters obviously most podcasters read a script that's great but as Mm. soon as we go off script or go off on a tangent as we are want to do
0: i then lose where i am (laughs) yeah i need to start like highlighting things as i go i've started doing that (laughs) have you yeah i'm I'm gonna get that maybe
1: certain parts that i think this is probably where i might deviate
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna. I've got a highlight ready to go. So I'm gonna start highlighting things as I go to let me know that I've done it. Learning. So (laughs) while she worked in the factory, back on track, the Soviet Air Force were undertaking an exhaustive search in flying clubs to find women parachutists. They chose 400 women, and Valentina was one of them. These young women had to go undergo many tests, and in the end, there were just five of them, including Valentina. Hmm. In 1961, Valentina volunteered for a space program, and although she had no pilots training, she was accepted due to the many parachute jumps she had done. Sergei Korolov, Korolev Sergei Korolev. I'm going to go with that. The principal designer of the Soviet space program also stated that although her other comrades were better prepared, none could compete with Valentina in the ability to influence crowds, arouse sympathy among people, and appear before an audience. Her humble origins and her proletarian profile brought her closer to the people, and she was the perfect model for what Russian leaders wanted the world to see. So this is just, like, sidetrack again, this is just typical soviet union i feel they don't care whether you can actually do something which valentina could she was more than capable but they it was all about the image for them like for them it wasn't about we want to put a woman into space to further the views of women to show that women can do exactly what men can do they wanted to put a woman into space to be like look what we've done
1: yes yeah it it, it, well i mean um obviously it's 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 a massive massive topic but the cold war um uh, you could in in essence sort of break it down to whose dicks bigger than the other um or like who has the bigger stick to beat one with uh in uh, mm. the the soviets were trying to suggest that capital the way the way of living in terms of capitalism that's not the way forward it's a corrupt way of system of living uh soviet way of life is the best way of life communism is superior to capitalism because we can do xyz and then on the flip side you had capitalism doing the same thing saying well you can buy your house and drink Coca Cola whilst you drive your car with like uh, rocket tail lights on your Chevrolet and all this sort of shit. Our way is the better way of living than it is communist. Um, it's just like a you know who's bigger than the other competition. Um, but also, yeah. it it reminds me of nineteen eighty four. George Orwell's nineteen eighty four yeah. in that um, when you have the party that just controls everything, it doesn't care uh, what's really happening all that matters is what it tells you. So mm. remember, like, it'll say, oh, we're now at war with uh, Eurasia or, like, whatnot. And then the next day it's, oh, no, 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 no. We're now at war with, um, I don't know, China. And we always have been. Mm. And then everyone just has to believe that. And so when, you, when you're when you in charge of, like, every single aspect of what a person knows, you could just make it up. So to sort of go along with you were just saying, um, they don't care whether... Valentina will be able to do the thing she can do because they can cover that up. But what they can do is say, well, we actually have the first woman to have gone into space. She died, but
0: you won't know that because we're not going to tell you that. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that we did it. It's, if you look at um, Chernobyl, and if you haven't watched the series, watch the series. They tried to cover that up so much. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And even now, like you look at the files of how many people died and they stopped counting at one point. They was like, oh, we're going to stop counting and stop recording it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It uh, that honestly, if if you want to watch something over lockdown, watch Chernobyl. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, really, really good series. Um, it's like but, uh, it feels like it
0: should be boring, but it's just not. Yeah,
1: no. Oh, it's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating, and it's so well acted out. Um, but also, mm. um, they did the same thing with uh, Laika, the dog, the first dog in space. Um, mm, yeah. we we all remember laika as being the first dog in space and we just assume that laika went up in space brought down and she was a hero laika died of overheating in the space yeah. pod up in space but like that's that's like yeah. a, that's like a lesser known fact about laika going to space because it's the bit that's not interesting what was interesting is the soviet union being able to say that that's what they did
0: yeah it's particularly with the Soviet. I know the Americans did it as well but particularly with the Soviets it's um, all about image all about image yeah yeah. I forgot to highlight where I was
1: But <laughs> in the same vein you can almost argue it's the same thing with China today in, in that um, what happens in their borders is not what's relevant it's what they show outside of the borders to the rest of the world yeah absolutely yeah like i'm sitting on my huawei phone currently on a phone to you right now recording <laughs> this amazing podcast and yet um mm. uh we might get taken down for this but arguably the weaker muslim population in china is uh, being wiped out
0: oh yeah it's shocking what's happening there there's but, a there's a but look at my amazing huawei phone yeah it's it's crazy isn't it that we we looked at the holocaust and said this will never happen again and yet we're all sitting here letting it happen again yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's just nothing there's no like news on it or anything it's crazy absolutely crazy no do go, you know, go and research this if you're uh if you're interested
1: yeah you know when mesut urzil was the man calling it out something's gone wrong
0: yeah and then he got dropped from the german squad because of it yeah exactly so it's wrong here it's it's absolutely mental absolutely yeah. mental that you're not allowed to speak out against the chinese but hey we're from the west we can do what we want so, at this time, astronauts returning, or cosmonauts, as the Soviets called them, returning to Earth, would have to parachute from an obscene height. And from by obscene, I mean like 20,000 feet. That's just outrageous. Mm. During this time, the space race was really heating up between the Soviets and the U.S., and the Soviets were adamant they were going to be the first nation to send a woman into space, so Valentina joined the space program because she was extremely inspired by Yuri Gagarin, who was the first man in space. Mm. Naturally, Gagarin's journey was extraordinarily unsafe, but the Soviets were desperate to get a man into space before anyone else. Mm. He was basically just a monkey in a vessel; he had yeah. no control over it, yeah, they were just like sit in this pod and just hope to God that it works and for him it did. So uh, they, Valentina and Gagarin became very close throughout their lives and she was one of four people to spread his ashes after he died in 1968 in what uh. was said to be a routine training flight in where a two-seater jet aircraft uh, crashed and died. Two pilots died, one uh. of them Gagarin. Routine. It's crazy, isn't it? You can go to space and survive and then come back and get killed in a an aircraft that doesn't go out of our atmosphere.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know if this is true, maybe I've just made it up, um, but I'm sure there's like an astronaut, like an American NASA astronaut, who'd like been to space or whatever, and then like had a car accident on Earth, and that's what... I that feel like him.
0: that's true, that rings a bell. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I,
0: I wouldn't maybe hmm. I'd have maybe it up. I guess statistically speaking, car accidents are more common, that's just because there's more cars.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, you're probably more likely to die in a car accident than you are going into space, but that's because you don't go into space very often.
0: Yeah, that's why they would say air travel is the safest way of travelling. It's just like, yeah, but that's because in comparison to other modes of transport, it's probably the least used. Yeah, yeah. And also, if if, if a car, if you're in a car and it goes wrong, you, you, you can get yourself out of it most of the time. If you're in a plane and it goes wrong and you're at 30,000 feet, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched a lot of air crash investigation and some pilots are great and they can get, can get out of it, but if certain things happen, like, just put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye
1: yeah well supposedly that's a myth isn't it the whole put your head between your legs when you uh, know
0: apparently it's to um protect your teeth so they can identify you
1: yeah i've heard that too
0: hmm. which you never know but then the if, even if you like this again so morbid now it's supposed to be a nice episode but if you crash into the water the plane will just disintegrate and you'll disintegrate with it
1: yeah <laughs> that's good fun
0: it's yeah So if you've got a holiday planned, don't know why you would because it's lockdown, but if you do, have fun, enjoy your flight. So throughout their time together, Gagarin helped Valentina to train to become a cosmonaut and he praised her energy, strength and willpower. In 1962, Valentina was selected to begin training as a cosmonaut, largely down to her parachuting prowess. She received 18 months of training, which including testing how she reacted to being alone for long periods of time, like I feel like we're all feeling that at the minute, and how she coped with zero gravity and high gravity environments. These trainees also had to jump from a plane flying three miles above the sea, wearing 300 pounds of spacesuit gear. Valentina naturally excelled at this test and the general in charge of selecting who would go to space thought Valentina was both competent and charismatic. Which is like the perfect blend. Charismatic for the cameras and competent at the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what they wanted. Mm. On June 16th, 1963, Valentina was launched into space on the Vostok 6 shuttle. Another rocket launched by Valery Bykovsky was also launched as a part of a pair mission, each cosmonaut with their own spacecraft. As the rocket launched, Valentina shouted, Hey Sky, take off your hat, I'm on my way. Hmm. She orbited the Earth 48 times in just under three days. Whilst in space, Valentina had to perform tasks and manual orientation to keep the rocket on track. During her first orbit, she suffered with headaches and nausea, causing her to fail orientation on the second day of space flight. However, she would deny this ever happened. Oh. So, depends what you believe. The two spacecrafts that were up in the uh, space at the same time would pass each other whilst in orbit and they'd communicate when they were in range. However, all this up in ti- all this time up in space, her mother actually had no idea where she was. Right? The headlines of the newspaper were the first time Valentina's mom ever heard of her space travels. And when she was asked about it, she said, "My daughter is just a parachute jumper. She could not be aboard this spaceship." Yeah. <laughs> Imagine going to space and not telling your mum where you were going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you get home, and then it's just like you, your answer machine is just full, full of like messages from mum. Yeah, where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> what are you up to? Are you in space? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Crazy mum will kill me. When it was time to return to Earth, disaster nearly struck. And however, typical typical Soviets, this was kept hidden for forty years and has only recently been unveiled that it almost went very wrong. Ooh. An error in the spacecraft's navigation program meant that Valentina found herself moving away from Earth. However, she noticed this, and the scientists quickly developed a new landing algorithm. And Valentina got a bit battered and bruised with the landing, returned to Earth, and upon returning, she had to parachute from around 20,000 feet and was given the title of the Hero of the Soviet Union. And she landed somewhere like around Kazakhstan and Mongolia mm. on, like, the borders and she landed and the people there of the villages were like, do you want to come for dinner? She's like, yeah. And she went and had dinner with them <laughs> and then she got reprimanded because she hadn't had, like, the proper jabs.
1: Oh, no way. That's so funny, though. Can you imagine that? Just, like, seeing a human just fall down from space and not think they're aliens and just go, do you fancy some dinner?
0: <laughs> and she's like, yeah, a yeah. bit peckish. Go yeah, on. why not? I've
1: been up there for a while <laughs> not eating proper food in a bit. That's so cool. Also, mm. like, credit to the uh, the engineers in that on Earth, uh, who like can just oh, yeah, so out quick. come up with something different. That's so fascinating about space, yeah.
0: um, like uh, flying. What I find fascinating though is how quickly it all developed. Like if you imagine the nineteen forties, putting someone in space was just like no way, yeah. and then twenty years later they were doing it frequently, and now we're looking at elon musk landing rockets like sending them up into space and landing them back down exactly where he wants them
1: yeah well i mean even madder than that if you if you go back just a little bit further and like at the beginning of the century in 1900 i think humans had just only just started to like take flight
0: mm. and within like it's 60 crazy years, how like, in space we went through what thousands thousands of years of just humans existing and like they accomplish cool things but in terms of technology meh yeah and then all of a sudden in the last like 100 years it's just blown up yeah. we just come along so it's a cool time to be alive really cool time to be alive i'm convinced we're gonna um put a man on mars in our lifetime i bloody hope so <laughs> i think elon musk will will die like fighting for it to happen
1: yeah i, I have you ever seen cowboy bebop no. Oh, man, you've got to watch it. It's an anime from, like, the 90s, and it's just ace. Um, but Cowboy Bebop, um, humans basically live across uh, the solar system, um, and they have, like, space truckers, like, people whose jobs, like, they have got, like, big Mack trucks, but they just, like, travel through space, going to, like, different mm. ports and stuff like that. And no one, yeah. hardly anyone lives on Earth, and Earth is, like, a, a nature, basically, like, a nature reserve place. Mm. Um, it's, like, uh, no longer habitable, like, for humans you're not allowed to go there without permits and stuff like that oh man it's so cool i want to be able to like just go on holiday to uh, like a a lower asteroid in near not off the coast of venus or something
0: Mm, yeah that'd be awesome i don't feel like we'll see that in our lifetime but maybe who knows i will but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think we're gonna see some really cool advancements in the next 10 20 years Mm. oh man i love sci-fi bring it on (laughs) So, it took another 19 years for another woman to make it into space, being another woman from the USSR, Svetlana Savitskaya, I feel like I got that right, who was also the first woman to spacewalk. Valentina later revealed that the Soviet authorities thought it was too dangerous to send more female cosmonauts into orbit. She told (laughs) BBC News that protests writing a letter to the Central Communist uh, party committee so she protested it along with other women cosmonauts who were training speaking at the launch of an exhibition about the soviet space program she said we'd been preparing for another female flight but it was the head of the space program sergey kolorov's decision not to risk women's lives because one of the women in the space corps already had a family which is mental they're just finding yeah. excuses not to send women back up to space
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. They don't want to... It was, uh,
0: it was literally a case of, look, we've done it now. You can go back yeah. to being a housewife.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, what you put beforehand saying, they don't, they're don't they not doing it to be woke. They're doing it just for the sake of saying they've done it.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then once it's done, they're like, eh.
1: It's a tick list, isn't it? A tick list of achievements. You'd be like, oh, I've done that, move on. You're like, oh, but yeah, it's, I'd quite like to be able to continue doing that.
0: No, no need. Even though, like, women are more than capable. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I don't. I, once you put someone in space, I don't think their gender really will have anything to do with their capabilities. It's down to the individual. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: If you can do the job, why not?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Valentina said she asked whether the six trained female cosmonauts disagreed with the decision, and they replied that they were against it, and wrote... We wrote to the Central Party Committee disagreeing with the decision, however, it was to no avail. This revelation is at odds with the Soviet leader at the time, Nikita Khrushchev, who wanted Valentina's fight to be a clear sign of equal rights under his communist regime. During this, the flight, Valentina spoke directly with Khrushchev, saying all systems are working perfectly. And he had re- replied, "Valentina, I'm very happy and proud that a girl from the Soviet Union is the first woman to fly in space and operate such a cutting-edge equipment." It. Uh, he didn't want equal rights. He didn't give a shit.
1: No. Um. Khrushchev was the guy that oversaw. Uh. He he was like in during. He fought in, the Second World War, didn't he, or something? And then like was no, he oversee. I think he oversaw Chernobyl's incident, or was he before that?
0: I think it was uh, Gorbachev.
1: Oh. Gorbachev was oversaw Gorbachev. Chernobyl. Yeah, never mind. Khrushchev was a bit of a
0: dick. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Chevs. Yeah, they're all standard. I mean, you look, standard look at political response. I I feel like we're chatting a lot of crap about Russia, and like they scare me a little bit, but. If you look at Russia now, it's still a very weird country. But then I say to them, they're not weird, but to us, it's weird. Like they're still rife with racism and sexism and homophobia. They haven't mm. developed like the rest of us have. I say no. the rest of us, some of us. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. If Marcus Rashford's tweets are anything to go by, yeah. today at the time of recording, uh, we're not that far yeah. ahead. Uh, but no, no. no. Uh, as far as I'm aware, as well. Uh, we don't actually have any listeners from Russia.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if yeah. they can get, like... Well, to be fair, I've got lots of Instagram followers of just Russian women wanting sex, so... <laughs> they just yeah. keep following me, and I just accept them. I don't follow back, but like if they want to drop me a follow, cool. Enjoy <laughs> weird yeah, who, in- Instagram who, stories.
1: Who knew that you were just, like, so desirable to
0: Russian women? Well, well apparently I am, and I'm very proud about it, because, I don't know... I'll give someone a green card eventually.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, no, apparently we don't we, we don't have any Russian listeners uh for this pod, uh, unfortunately. So um if you are Russian or know someone Russian in fact she wants to listen, uh go for it. No, Russia's like a place that is it's it's so big and they're so like such a like a powerful, quiet nation and that's the scary thing in mm. it, like when a nation's like when someone's quiet in the corner. Like Aragorn in fucking in Lord of the Rings when he sat in yeah. the corner with his hood up, like that's the man that you want to be scared of. Russia's like Aragorn, yeah. just sat in the corner with a hood up, just you know they're strong and you don't attempt them, you know. It's quite a scary yeah. place, really thinking about it.
0: <laughs> I'm in sure America, people on education will just, there, just but... poke them. My um grandparents went and they went round. I don't know why how this happened, but they went round to someone's house and they made like homemade vodka and they were chatting about like different education and stuff. Mm. And my nan and were like, well we've always been taught that Russia are the bad guys and they turned around and went Well we've always been taught that the West are the bad guys. Yeah. And it's just, and then they realised that they were sitting in a room together being like, wait, none of us are actually bad people here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're just, it's just all the bullshit we've been force-fed from a very early age. Yeah. Yeah, I always like the bad guys in
1: films as well, like, you know.
0: Mm. I feel so sorry for um, any, like, Russian, Russian gamer playing any Call of Duty game. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you yeah. are the bad guy without fail every time. Mm. It's either you or the Taliban. That's what we've thrown th- the Russians in with like always a
1: very cliche name like Victor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who was the um oh there was Zakayev as well. Zakayev was one of the main ones. Yeah. Vic-
1: always like a a, a Victor Zakayev Kalashnikov and then that that yeah. thing, like, that'll do. That's
0: Russian enough. But then saying that, in mean, call you a world at war. I think the Russians were the good guys. Well, it's because it's uh, World War 2 isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah then, and then uh, you had a uh, well what's-his-face. I've completely forgot his name. But yeah, sorry, Russia. I'm sure you are, or the well, vast majority of you are nice people. Just get rid of the racists in power. And also, your politics is anyway. Ah. You can't announce the winner of a bloody democratic vote before the voting is even closed. It's not <laughs> how it works.
1: Yeah. I would also suggest, James, that you stay away from any sort of uh, yo sushi place now, uh, in case it's green and glowy. What? <laughs> um, rather famous for poisoning people they don't like with radioactive material. Oh
0: yeah, of course. Like the two people that went to um Salisbury for the Salisbury cathedral. to see the bloody cathedral. <laughs> Yeah, have a day off how did everyone just accept that and just move on exactly or Alexander
1: Litvinenko who uh, famously passed away in the early 2000s or even uh, Vladimir Putin's closest rival politically recently who's now come back to Russia and got arrested upon arrival
0: yeah well done to be fair we've called out Russia and China before it's a good thing we're not the leader of any country because we'd start a war just completely like we wouldn't mean to we'd just say the wrong thing to the wrong person
1: Yeah, I feel like our political career has died before it started because someone will dig this up and say, you don't like China or Russia. But then having said that, at least we've... we've, Do you know what, James? We have made more of a stance than Gavin Williamson when he was Secretary uh, of Security, when he told Russia, just go away and shut up.
0: (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Stop it. To be fair, to say something like call cool about Putin. I don't know if this is a call, cool, but I thought this is an absolute baller move. When he was meeting um Angela Merkel, he knew that she's terrified of dogs, so he bought his two big dogs with him.
1: Mate. That's
0: it. A... And just had them in the room sitting next to him. That's that
1: that's a flex, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's a proper baller move. Like yeah. that, that he's a knobhead and he's evil, but that's yeah. a power move.
1: And apparently like there's a thing where uh, if you watch Putin when he walks he has a bit of a funny walk, right? And he has his, he keeps his right arm down by his hip almost at all times. His right arm apparently doesn't move very often when he's walking, and people assume that he's had a stroke mm. or whatever. Apparently it turns out mm. the reason he does this is cuz once he was in the KGB, as like some super spy, it, it, you're mm. you're taught in the KGB to walk like that so that you can grab your um sidearm within a second to like fire. That's cool. And it's just like muscle memory. That's just the way he walks now.
0: Yeah, he's always ready for a scrap. Yeah,
1: because he's like also like some martial arts expert
0: as well, isn't he? Yeah, very healthy man. Very scary. Weird place. I'd love to go to Russia, though, to be fair. I'd 100%. love to see it. Some of it looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But hey, maybe one day. Anyway, back on to Space Race. Even as Svetlana, when she orbited the Earth, she faced casual sexism. According to Russian papers, which quoted a male cosmonaut who greeted her, he said, "We've got an apron ready for you, Svetter. Wow! And she reportedly replied, "And I thought you'd be the one fixing us something to eat."
1: Hey, well done!
0: <laughs> yeah, clap back. I love a good clap back.
1: Oh, oh, can you imagine? Even then, you're actually like you're in space, like you're you're literally on a list of like less than twenty people. Who have done such mm. an accomplishment, and then you'll get something like, yeah. oh, "I bet you can't park it, though."
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like any any lad Bible post ever of someone achieving something. You've just got Gary, the plumber from Leeds, being like, "No, that's shit." <laughs> yeah. yeah, what have you, what have you done, Gary? What have you done? Yeah,
1: yeah, well, it's not that impressive, is it?
0: <laughs> mm. And although to be fair, we got the same, We got on the other side of that when we posted about Churchill, and someone asked us, "Well, what have you done with your life?" <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> don't know how to respond to that. Not committed genocide? Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, largely down to male counterparts being heavily favoured, and this was just general sexism. So, for example, Sally Ride was the first woman from the US to go to space, and this was in 1983. Mm. Man had been on the moon nearly 20 years prior. Yeah. But then it also, I think that comes down to the fact that the Americans saw that they'd put a woman in space and thought, oh well, we don't need to do that now. Yeah, no, exactly that. It's so exactly that's that. the Americans being just as bad as the Russians, only doing it for image and not because they had no idea that women are just as capable.
1: Oh, I think you're spot on there. Like, had it been the other way around, had America had got, had America got a woman into space before the Russians,
0: I doubt they would have done it. No, the Russians probably would have been like, look, we've put a child in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly that. Just After returning to Earth, Valentina graduated with distinction from the Zhukovsky Military Air Academy in 1969. Mm. She also delved into politics, becoming a key figure in the Communist Party and would often represent the USSR at world events. She also received the United Nations Gold Medal of Peace for her work as a spokesperson for the Soviet Union. That's cool. So she was a bit of a badass. She went on to do a lot of cool things. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Valentina was to wed another cosmonaut, Andrian Nikolaev, m- uh, months after landing from her orbit. And it's said to be a match that was likely arranged by the government. So the government kind of setting people up, being like, look at this amazing, perfect couple.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely that. It's definitely like a... Uh, not not to say that maybe they didn't, in time, come to love each other, but I I... I'd go with that. I'd say maybe the the, the government had set that one up. It's politically and publicly, Mm. it's it's a a genius move.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's all about image, all about image. Valentina remained a member of the National Space Programme as a pilot and a trainer. And she and Andrian had their first child. And this was the first ever child born to uh, two parents who had been to space. (laughs) Yeah, star child. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, Valentina's fame meant she had her face on postage stamps, stained glass, plaques and other propaganda for decades. Around the 1970s, Valentina retired, possibly on orders from the Soviet government, which she served in a number of roles that were meant to like foster women in the sciences and diplomacy abroad. She attempted and failed to return to the space programme in 1978 as Russia and the US began a new round of the competition. In the process, she met her future husband, divorcing Nikolev in 1982. After the USSR, Valentina gradually returned to public life and won the election as Russia's Duma in the early 2000s. True. Not 100% sure what that is. I probably should have researched that more. At 75, she would gladly go on a one-way mission. She said that she would gladly go on a one-way mission to Mars. Valentina has always been modest about her own achievements, saying one cannot deny the great role uh, the great role women have played in the world community. My flight was yet another impetus to continue this female contribution. Oh, that's cool. That's cool.
1: She's not sort of like, it's mm. not got to her head and she's not saying, oh, look at me, look what I did. She's like, look, it's it's just one step in what women can do.
0: Yeah, she did it for women everywhere. Mm. I like that. Which I really like. Valentina was the first woman in space and she remains the only woman to have ever conducted a solo flight, which I imagine will probably remain for a very long time because they usually send them up in pairs now, don't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's too dangerous, isn't it?
0: Mm. At 80, still alive, she remains the conservative lawmakers in the Duma. I need to research what Duma is. And she's an advocate of President Vladimir Putin's agenda.
1: The Duma, uh, if if I'm right in thinking, the Duma is like... uh, what we would call parliament um
0: oh uh, right that makes yeah. sense
1: so you you'd you become elected to the duma and the duma was there t- as to represent the people of russia and i think it was it was created by one of the Tsars like years and years ago as like a way of um suppressing uh some writing and stuff like that they were like okay fine 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 mm. you can have a say uh and then the duma was significantly like a, a, a it was there for show more than anything um Mm. But yeah, no, I think it's more relevant now than it was before. But again, still not that Fair. relevant. But yeah, no, th- I think that if, it, if I'm right, I'm right. It's good. I think that's what the doom it is. Does, that sounds
0: right. Yeah, because she's a buddy of old Pusim. Yeah, oh, is she? So that's reached the end of this episode, but I'm going to leave you with two quotes from Valentina. If women can be railroad... I'm going to start that again because I don't want to butcher <laughs> it. If women can be railroad workers in Russia, why can't they fly in space? And also, this is a message, this is not a quote, this is me talking about it. as a message for all the young girls and women who have high aspirations in the world in which men strive to put them down, she says, work hard, you will get there, I'm very jealous of you. Oh, I like that. So yeah, she was a an icon for women, I think. Even though she was used as, perhaps as a bit of a porn, she turned it into something very positive and yeah I, I i like that it's just a strong woman who knew what she wanted and like dedicated her entire life to yeah, it. yeah
1: no i absolutely agree like they're, they're, they've they taken they've tried to like abuse abuse like make the most of some situation I was like, oh i'll have a woman do it and that'll, that'll show them and they've picked her and mm. she probably knew this maybe she had, was aware of it she seems like a very savvy person um especially she went into politics later in life and she's going, do you know what, fuck it, I'm going to use this for good. I'm going to use this as like a stepping stool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like that. Take what you can get, especially in those times as well. Very very backward style. We've developed a lot in the last few decades, but there's still, still a way to go.
1: Yeah, I like that. Well done, Valentina Tereshkova. I like that.
0: Yeah, first woman in space.
1: And... Uh, as like a, a role model for other people i like it In inside yeah you know, I think it's about role yeah. models like i don't know if i don't know if you agree with this maybe or not but when we tend to look at role models it's almost like you have to be a saint to become one so as soon as you do anything wrong mm. or if there's like at least like one little black mark on your record you can no longer be considered as a role model but should should like one person's entire life be considered worthy of role model or should like a person's one action or something be worthy of role modelhood i like when we're talking about like valentina uh becoming like a later on in life political figure like a a buddy buddy of putin or whatever you might think oh maybe as a politician maybe she's not brilliant xyz but like as an astronaut you could say yeah that might that should be something to aspire to
0: yeah absolutely i don't think I, I don't think she's ever done anything massively wrong. Oh, no. I think it's coming from the standpoint of maybe we disagree with the Russian government, but it's yeah, I, it's difficult. I don't, as we've established on many episodes before, no one is completely good and no one is completely well. Actually, some people are completely awful, yeah. but no one is completely good. No,
1: no, like that, that's something that we've found so fascinating doing this podcast is that we, we started off. I remember we were sat in like uh, a pub having like lunch together, talking about. Uh, like how we would set up the show and we said oh why don't we do like one too good too bad kind of thing and that's how we started off trying to find mm. someone who'd done something good and someone who does something bad and either way it's both what people do it's the human condition and whatnot and the longer we've done this now we tend to like find out that most people seem to fit in this gray area i've mentioned it before there's this gray area where like eh, you don't quite fit in either category you know, we t- we did a four part series on um, Winston Churchill. And yes, there's a lot to disagree with him on. And there's a lot of things he did that are a bit like, Ugh, But like, if you just take his maybe like his war years and the inspirational things he did in that sense, like, they're worthy, you know, of, you know, m- being motivational to someone and saying, and a political figure, maybe mm. that's an idol of mine for what they've uh, they done during this era. I don't know.
0: Hmm. No one's perfect.
1: Nobody's perfect. But in terms of Valentina and Tereshkova, I like it. You're a role model for girls out there, and to all girls out there, if you are listening as well, fucking do it what you want, man. If
0: you want to do it, do it. That's the thing. That's what Valentina said. Just work hard and you'll get there. Yeah, like, man. I feel, obviously, we can see here as two blokes because we'll never, we'll never understand what it's like to be not allowed something because of gender. Mm. So we're, we're very lucky in that respect. But I do feel like I don't know, it's very difficult to talk about because obviously we have no comprehension of it, but I suppose all we can do is... I'm really struggling to get words out here, but not be dickheads is how I want to phrase it. Yeah. If Just call out other men who are using their gender to further themselves because it should you shouldn't be able to get far in life based on how you were born because at the end of the day, that's a lottery. You have no control over that. You should get far in life based on your work ethic, who you are and what you bring to the table.
1: mm yeah no exactly exactly if, if you can do the job then why not you know you, you, you hear of, like stories of women being rejected jobs because they might want children in the next couple of years like
0: that's unacceptable that's ridiculous yeah. i remember having a big argument about that with someone years ago because he said that if he was an interviewer and he had a male and female candidate around the age of 25 And they were both exactly the same, both exactly the same qualifications and both smashed the interview. He'd choose the man because there's no risk of the man getting pregnant. Ah, man, that's awful. And I thought, that's mad that that's even a thought process. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they say, um, this is just a random aside, it doesn't really relate, but if ever you're in an interview... And they say, uh, like, what what are you going to do? Like, do you have any plans? Never say that you're going to go travelling or go on holiday somewhere. Because straight away, you've then said, I'm not going to be here for a certain amount of time.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Spot on. The
0: best thing to do is accept the job and then deal with all that after.
1: Yeah. Fuck employees, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's a male-dominated world, isn't it? But
1: Yeah, I mean, even down to... Um, uh in the medical world, supposedly, uh, from what I've heard, um, there's there's a there's a YouTuber called Doctor Mike. He's quite popular. Um, he uh, is, is a New York-based doctor, and he does YouTube and asks answers a lot of questions that he gets thrown at him. And he was talking on one occasion how like medicine for humans is primarily uh, aimed at the male human. Um, so like apparently when right. when we have a heart attack doctors know uh the symptoms and maybe miss like more like how to respond to it xyz and all that sort of stuff right but that's based on a male having a heart attack supposedly when women have heart attacks they can get various symptoms that are very different from a male having heart attack I.e., like back things like back pain they can get um mm. which is just like when if if that person then goes to like a doctor and says i'm having tremendous back pain blah 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 if that's the only symptom they're getting like it's 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 more likely to be undiagnosed and they could die from it but, but because uh the way um females are uh treated in medicine is just not been looked at because it's, it's just assumed that men and women are exactly the same except for some have uh penises and some have breasts um but apparently they they we're almost different species in that sort of sense. Like we're very very, very different in a lot of ways. Um but it's never looked at because they just assume that we're all the same. And so that's how in terms of medicine, they always looked at how a man does it, and we've done it then. It's like well women actually have very different things going on.
0: That's I never knew that. Yeah. That is that's really fascinating. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm convinced though that women make better leaders than men.
1: Well, that's a big argument for I it think, in Nost- uh, New Zealand, isn't there?
0: Yeah, I think ge- this obviously is a massive generalisation, but generally I think women have less of an ego than men, and I think egos can really cloud people's judgement as leaders.
1: Yeah, oh, I mean, but, I know some people are like, yeah, a, bit, a wee bit of power under their belt, and that's it. they just turn into like, like Bruce in Finding Nemo when he sniffs blood for the first time. You give someone a bit of power, mm. and they just, they just turn into a ravaged monster. Um, some people are like that. But maybe as a generalisation, yes, women are tend to be less egotistical about the
0: whole thing. Mm. But then I just look at Jacinda in New Zealand and I think, wow, adopt us, all, all of us. Yeah, yeah. She's honestly like one of my favourite people on the planet. I think she's f- phenomenal. She seems to be doing
1: all the right things at the moment. She seems to be doing very well. Finland has a female uh, leader and, as far as I'm aware, like a majority mm-hmm. female uh, uh, cabinet they so far as I'm aware, yeah. seems to be doing well. Germany's Chancellor Angela Merkel has been in power for almost two decades. Um mm-hmm. you know, so she's still at the top seat. Uh Biden has like I think does he have like a majority female led cabinet now, doesn't he? Or something? I don't know
0: off the top of my head. But I'm convinced that Kamala will be president, uh, because I really can't see Biden lasting <laughs> if he does get voted in again <laughs> in eight years.
1: Yeah, he might make the midterms, but yeah.
0: He's ancient. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Kamala will, uh, will get a look in there. Yeah.
1: Oh, I like this. This has been a great episode. It's been very positive for, like, you know, female empowerment. And you know what? If you want to do it, do it. Um,
0: I like that. That's the thing. Just don't let any bastards bring you down. Because there's so many people in this world that will try and bring you down for absolutely no reason. as to Apart from just to make themselves feel a little bit better about their own shit lives. Oh, 100%. Just 100%. Don't let them... The
1: men who put you down are just uh what's the word i'm looking for insecure men who put women down are insecure about their own self-worth mm. and image and whatnot like if a man has to put you down yeah. over like the said reason it's because they're insecure about that reason themselves uh, and they don't want to be overshined yeah. by a female like, which is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous
0: mm. yeah surround yourself with people that build you up
1: absolutely absolutely um i like that good message Good
0: I'm glad mm. right who we got next week
1: well uh un- unknowingly uh, we're going to be sticking with uh strong females. we're going to be talking about um uh Joan
0: of Arc very famous character in history very
1: famous character in history uh a female who led a French army and be- beat back the English. Uh, during the Hundred mm-hmm. Years' War, and uh, was unceremoniously uh, uh, killed for her uh, actions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about Joan of Arc uh, and really sort of her story uh, and how so she's now considered. Cool. She's now a patron saint of France. She's now a feminine uh, icon uh, around the world as someone to look up to, as to being like, do you know what? Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, in this in this male led world, I'm just going to own an army. Just going to take an army and just fucking annihilate another male led army. Fuck you lot. Fuck you all.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Love oh, it. A little bit and, of. Uh, delving into a little bit of history. And
1: doing it all before she's 20 years old. Yeah. Young as well. Yeah, exactly. Proper young. So, yeah. We'll we have that mm. next week. Um, so, that's cool. Do you know what? This is like our. Uh, you know, women are fucking awesome, little series.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, a, li- a little two weeks. So, and I think we've got the week after plan now as well, which is exciting.
1: Yes, yes, we may have the week after If Yes, yes, so we'll have the next episode planned out as well uh, about uh, a lady, although not necessarily a, a, a that's not female empowerment. That's it's just weird. Yeah, it's a weird one, but yeah, look forward to that as well. So yeah, next week Joan of Arc. Uh, there will be French pronunciation, so I apologize in advance. Almost a week in advance, I shall apologize. Now you've got a week to get over it. Um, I will be pronouncing. <laughs> I will be pronouncing her name as it is supposed to be pronounced in French as well next next week. So look forward to that.
0: What what is it, what just hit us with that name?
1: Uh, okay, all right, yeah, why not? Uh, it's apparently is Jeanne d'Arc.
0: Right, I I hope never to hear that again.
1: (laughs) Jeanne d'Arc, apparently is how it's supposed to be pronounced. It's like, there's a H in it, like J-E-H-A-N-N-E. Jeanne, right?
0: Jeanne. That sounds very French. Yeah,
1: right? Apparently the English either can't say it or couldn't be bothered to learn how to say it. So just went, it sounds similar to like John, but we don't have a female for John. So we go with Joan. So that's why she's Joan
0: yeah but yeah typical english isn't yeah, it so i want this to be easier to say joan yeah. so
1: arguably like a frenchman wouldn't understand who joan of arc is um but because as far mm. as they're concerned so her name is jeanne
0: hmm fascinating
1: mm. yeah uh oh in one particular french city that um is pronounced uh completely differently to how it even looks so that's that's fun i had to learn how to say that
0: There's a lot of pronunciations coming next week.
1: So look forward to that. Uh, Thanks for the episode, James. That's been fascinating. Um, I hope everyone else enjoyed that. We were talking about Valentina Tereshkova, which I think I've nailed as well now.
0: uh, Valentina Tereshkova. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we got through the Russian words quite yeah, well. You done
1: well. Well done. Well done. Congratulations. High fives all round. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, we said we'd do a nice lighter-hearted episode, and I hope we've brought that to you. Female empowerment. Fucking go, girls. Do what you fucking want. Do what you want. Um, don't be like. I don't. I just don't want to sound
0: David Brent about it all. Do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> don't want to come across as sound...
0: Yeah. This is this is the this is this is the dilemma I was facing. Like. We are just two white blokes sitting here, and like it can at times I feel like it could come across a bit patronizing, yeah. yeah. But I just like our hearts are in the right place, and we and we like, yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult, it's a difficult one to approach, yeah, really.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, join us next week, we'll be talking about that. Uh, Joan of Arc, um, if you could ever be so kindly, rate and review us on iTunes if that's where you want to listen to us on, um. If it, Whatever platform you listen to us, if there's an option to rate and review, drop us a five stars. Say hello if you fancy it. Uh, if you've got a suggestion for us, um, you can find us on the socials. Drop us a little message. Oh, um, quickly as well. I've got a wee bit of homework. Um, last episode, uh, you asked what a sophomore was.
0: Yes, I did. Right. I about that.
1: Uh, I've been talking to Rowan. Shout out to Rowan. She's a listener from Nashville in America. Uh, I got in contact with Rowan and asked her, uh, basically, what what it is. Like, how does it work? Um, what's a sophomore? What's a freshman? What's a senior? All that sort of stuff. So, Rowan has been so kind as to um, let us know what they are, right? So, here's how it mm-hmm. goes. Um, you've got elementary school, which is very young kids, up until about the age of 12. Uh, it's usually considered to be preschool, right. Uh, up until sixth grade. Then they go into middle school, which is like, it's a preteen age. Uh, This consists of grade seven and eighth, and then middle school, you go into high school. High school is then broken up into ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade. Now, your first year is your freshman year. Your second year is your sophomore year, and your final is your um, uh, uh, senior. And that's grade twelve. So right, you've got okay. freshman, sophomore, junior, then senior.
0: And what time and what age will you be when you've left all this? 18? I think yeah, I think you're
1: 18 when you leave school. Yeah, in America.
0: Okay, because we leave at yeah 16. we do. Oh, no, that's changed now. It's now 18. Uh, college is uh, compulsory isn't it but i think you have the option if you want to go get an apprenticeship i think exactly that yeah so
1: you either have to stay in education until you're 18 or from the age of 16 you have to go off and get an apprenticeship Uh, but either way you have to either be in education or be employed
0: that's crazy because when we were at school at the age of 16 it was like bye you should go off and do whatever you want yeah i mean i was the
1: youngest in my year so i was still 15
0: bloody hell um released into the world uh,
1: big shout out to rowan thank you very much for helping out with that one um that was great so yeah that's cool throwing it back from last week you had a question i went out i got you an answer james i've I sorted us out
0: thank, thank you. you now i know now i can watch american pie and be like i exactly. understand this now uh, so yeah thank you rowan um
1: yes rate and review us if you want to if you want have an idea or a suggestion for us we've had a couple of suggestions being thrown our way so we're going to look at doing those in the future uh, whenever we can fit them in obviously we've got We've got a few episodes lined up now that we know we're going to have done soon. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, send us any suggestions. Um, Follow us on all socials. Tell your friends about us. Um, Oh, if you want to just maybe donate to the podcast, uh, you can do so. Uh, You can find us on www.ko-fi.com forward slash. That's what people do. Or on our social media, find our link tree. There is a link to it there uh you can just one time donate to us and that's it it's not it's not a subscription don't worry about it um also uh we said we'd mention it we've got a little bit of history is now out it's a new podcast that's been produced uh with uh us and james and we're hosted with tab um and yeah new history podcast where we sort of just like briefly go over um big moments in history and try and like condense it down to like short 10 minute episodes that's easy for like younger people to listen to uh, as they're sort of being homeschooled at the, mo- mm. at the moment.
0: Yeah, because they keep pushing the school reopening day yeah. back, don't they? So,
1: um, yeah, check that out, because uh, we've now got three episodes out. The first episode is about the Black Death, uh, and just yesterday we put out two episodes about Henry VIII and his wives. So, yeah, if you've got young ones listening, um, or if, you, if you've got young ones and you kind of want them to learn about a wee bit history uh as you are doing right now generally. Uh yeah, head over to a little bit of history <laughs> and um yeah, they can we can sum it up for them there. So yeah, check that out if you fancy it.
0: Yeah. And that's Wonderful.
1: everything. So uh yeah, next week, Joan of Arc. Uh we shall see you there. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much for listening. See you all later.
0: wrap.